Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The return to glory. How's it going? You know, just waking up. <sighs> yeah, I was going to ask, did you get a workout in this morning, or did you uh, sleep in? Well, it's 6 a.m., so... Well, that's sleeping uh, into your standards. <laughs> no, I got I got right up and drove right home to do this. <clears throat> I'll be I'll be working out after. But uh, what are you up to? <sighs> Just getting my day going as well, too. Um, back in Cincinnati for a couple meetings today, and uh, oh well, yeah, yeah, just just having myself a day as well. 9 a.m. on the uh, East Coast at this moment. Nice, man. Well, there's one thing I want to do differently today, and that's I'm going to plug <clears throat> everything at the beginning because who knows who waits till the end. But uh, I was actually going to say, like, I'm wearing my What Are We Doing shirt right now, too, actually. Oh, perfect. So, And I, I recommend if you're between sizes, go in a size up as well too because i'm kind of like in that medium large area as well too and i'm wearing a medium right now and you know what i could probably go for a large so <laughs> yeah i was gonna don't, I was gonna don't say, make the same mistake i made i was gonna say i wear i wear an xl in that one mm-hmm. just trying to yeah. show off the guns you know <laughs> that's, that's all it's coming down to <laughs> but anyways yeah if if you're looking at our stuff um on Dreamcatcher Golf or interested in a uh, What Are We Doing TA podcast shirt. Um, recommend sizing up if you're uh, between sizes. Uh, they're unisex and also, um, I mean, they're they're pretty much men's sizing shirts, but um, yeah, they are unisex fit. Yeah, and uh, if you just like and review and subscribe or whatever you have to do to <clears> – <throat> You know, help us out. Uh, please send a screenshot to at Traveling Athlete Pod on Instagram. And all you have to do is leave a review and we'll send you a, a free shirt. And if you don't know what the shirts look like, I post, we posted it on our Instagram page a while back, but I'll actually do it again today. Just so, you know, we'll promote it and see, see what we can do. But yeah, if you want one of our shirts, just all you have to do is like and subscribe and then follow us at traveling athlete pod on Instagram and follow me at Mike Wolf golf on Instagram and TikTok. And David doesn't have a Instagram anymore. So follow yeah. him at dream country golf. Instagram was at the time at the second. Um, but yeah, exactly what he said. Uh, if you like our stuff, be sure to make note of it. If you'd like to, uh, help us out. We'd really appreciate it, but like share and subscribe, um, as well as, uh, get yourself a t-shirt once you do that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say something else. I completely forgot. Oh, I mean, I have our topics today. If you want to want to hear them. Yeah. Let's go over them. All right. We're going to r- stick with the practice like the practice route. So we're going to talk about putting today. And um, then I want to talk about golf's unwritten rules. And, you know, we'll get into that 
we'll get into that after we talk about putting. But Dave, I want to know what you think the most important when you're practicing putting. What do you focus on the most? Making the putt. No, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> obviously, but like what? <laughs> Like technically, like what do you work on? Do you work on your stroke the most? Do you work on three to five footers? Do you work on six to fifteen footers? Do you work on lag putts the most? Like what? What do you like? What do you do in your practice and your practice and putting? Uh, you know, I'll do. I have my drills inside ten feet that I like to do, and I have a few speed drills as well too. But like my philosophy with putting, and I think I've said it before in past podcast episodes. Um, is my goal is to make everything inside 10 feet and then everything outside 20 feet. I mean, obviously you want to make it as well too, but you want to give yourself a two putt or you want to be able to two putt. So, uh, I, I've, I'm a pretty good lag putter and I have a lot of confidence in that as well as, uh, inside 10 feet. So, I mean, I feel like I get that done. And then all you have to do after that is just take care of your 10 to 20 footers. And if you're kind of running hot and, uh, like, everything's falling your way and you're making putts from there, I mean, that's when you're having good tournaments, you know. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, the closer you get to the hole, the more likely you are to make it. And so um, once you get to 15 feet, like my mindset is like, all right, it's a 50, 50 chance that I make it. So, um, just work on practicing like inside 10 feet, see a lot of those putts go in and get some confidence. And like, you'll see it kind of reflect out on the course, you know? And like, I'm not really one for, um, for like putting arcs or anything like that. I have, I do the Tiger Woods drill when warming up. Uh, like I'll put two tees in, in the ground and um, just make sure I'm hitting the center of the face from inside five feet and not making the putt. Um, so that helps as well too. But um, yeah, that's basically what I think about. I'm not really one to, to say that there's a proper stroke. I think once again, like this is more of like an art of art instead of like, a proper way to do things or a proper form or technique like it more so is in the full swing <clears throat> but uh yeah i mean like to me like putting like there's a canvas and like there's no proper way to do it so it's all about freehanding it it's like signing your name if you try to sign your name uh if you try to be too careful sign your name you, you're more than likely gonna gonna mess up or it's gonna be different every time but if you just flow through it let it go like it's not gonna be the same every time but it's gonna be pretty damn close to it pretty damn close to similar more consistent than it would be if you're like trying to like get something right a certain way but um yeah that's like my two cents in tangent no i like that what about you everyone yeah i mean everyone practices putting differently but i think what is the most similar is I spend most of my time inside six feet. Um, and then I spend the rest of my time hitting lag putts. Like I do, I have a drill where I put three balls from 30 feet and I put a alignment stick 
uh, two and a half feet behind the hole, and I try to uh, get three three in a row from 30 feet, 40 feet, and 50 feet in between the hole and the stick um, just for speed. And then uh, then I try to two-putt five times in a row from outside 30 feet. So I go through my routine. I kind of walk around the putting green, hitting different putts. You know, it kind of simulates actually being on the course. And then I, I do like an around-the-world drill where I uh, – I have four putts around the hole uh, from four feet, and I try to go around that four times in a row. And then I try to make 33 footers in a row. So it's a lot of, you know, like inside inside six feet because that's that's where most your – inside six feet, outside 30 feet are going to be a, where most your putts are going to be. Um, but then obviously I do like – I call them birdie drills because – I think 15 to 20 footers are your typical birdie putts. But, um, like, I try to – like, I play, like, nine holes, go through my routine, try to shoot four under or better. Um, And then there's, you know, there's a few drills where three, three, six, nine, 12, and 15 feet, I try to make four out of five of those. So it's – a lot of it's just again inside ten feet. I think is the most important. But so many people, like when you're practicing, are hitting fifteen to twenty footers nonstop, <clears throat> or like the random like across the green eighty foot putt. I mean, it's not bad to do that every now and then, but you kind of have to when you're practicing putting. Like number one speed number two <clears throat> make sure you make your short putts and number three uh you know make sure you have a drill to um work on your stroke you know keep it it could be anything too it could be a putting arc could be the what you do for the tiger drill and i use the that dave pell's putting tutor which i think is by far the best putting training aid and just because it it kind of you can like put an alignment stick down. There's uh, something on the like actually on the tray, if you want to call it a tray, that shows you if your eyes are over the ball. And then I put tees, uh, like a row of tees that like make sure my my stroke is straight back, straight through. So you don't have to do exactly that. You honestly just find what works for you and what you like, and just roll with it. And honestly, a chalk line is probably like the next best thing to work, work with on your stroke. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I tend to pull out a lot too, or chalk lines. Um, and I do have like tools like that as well too. Like I do have a putting arc that I will use every now and then, but like, it's not something I'm married to, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just, to me, like I'd rather be, um, I'd rather have the training wheels off than on more often than not even when i am practicing but i also but like i also think that it's always good to come back to it and like keep in check like kind of coming coming back to fundamentals for anything that you're doing you know just getting back to the foundational methods and like that's like kind of integral there's a balance of both um 100 both sides so anyways um I found my notebook of uh, 
when I kind of had like a little brain picking session with your coach at UC, Doug Martin. Um, this was five years ago, roughly. Oh, but wow. we met, we met a few times and uh, talked practicing and and um, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, he gave me a couple putting drills that I really kind of stuck with as well too. Um, and you mentioned a couple of them already, but another one is like doing something where there's like you hit, um, let's say, a 20-footer, a 25-footer, a 30-footer, a 35-footer, and a 40-footer, and you have to two-put all of them with no collisions. Like none of the balls can hit. So you, you hit the 20-footer, and then you roll it up next to the hole. You hit the 25-footer, and the, that 20-foot ball that you just putted is, like, <laughs> sitting there still. So I don't know if you did this while in practice, but yeah, I've done that this before. <clears throat> I've done that before, and it is pretty pretty good, I think. And then, like, the towel drill as well, too, going 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet back. And like you said, like, the only difference is it's a towel instead of an alignment stick. You have a two-, three-foot-long towel put it behind the hole and try to try to get it on it on the towel or in the hole where I mean it's the same thing as the alignment stick drill you know um yeah but yeah those are a few right there that um there are a couple there that I thought were really good that I still like use and take with me yeah um you'll see you might see some Wittenberg Tigers doing this (laughs) in the future as well I feel like putting is the easiest thing to uh, <clears throat> easiest thing to practice because obviously all all you need is is a putting green and then you just need to know what to do. So if you just go online and look up like best putting drills that don't have to do with training aids, probably find some good stuff in there. I I kind of just uh, um, I remember I did this when I was in high school. Do you remember John Berenger? Oh yeah, he yeah, and I set so, records. <laughs> so he played. Dude, I IU. swear, fourteen under through sixteen holes at Makatiwa. Oh, that's right. And that uh, what was that weird? Um, it was the pro am matches. We were yeah. on the am team. I think he was a junior at IU, and I was a sophomore at Wittenberg, or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so when he went to IU. He sent our high school coach, like, the practices that he would do. And I remember me and Dorn, after school, like, every day, would, and they were short game practices. We would go do them all the time, and they were so difficult. Like, it was uh, – I think the putting one was, like, 25-footers in a row. And then you have to put uh, four tees around the hole. Um like downhill putt, uphill putt, right to left, left to right. You have to go around that four times from five feet. And then I think two putt ten times from outside, 30 feet. And, like, the amount of times I got to, like, 20 on the five-footers or around it three times or to nine two putts and three putting the tenth is is crazy. And the chipping one was was pretty nuts, too, but – I remember I, I used to do those drills all the time. <clears throat> I, I recall Alex Martin 
going to IU as well too, and giving me some, or giving us some like pretty nasty putting drills as well too, like having to make twenty five five footers in a row too. Like, have you ever Dude, tried to do that? Yeah, I, I mean, I I think after school every day in high school, I would, or even I was kind of nuts in high school, but like before school, I'd go to the the putting green and try to do that before school. So difficult. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I do that with three-footers, but I try to make 30 in a row. <laughs> I remember your boy Paresh saying he tries to do 100 in a row. 100, yeah. I, I uh, mean, Phil, so boring. Phil does that as well, too. Mickelson. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it can be boring. It can be tough. It'll get you, it'll get you knocking them in, though. Uh, I mean, to me, I am more inept – not to do like the hundred three footers in a row, but more so like a three six nine drill of um, having like four different stations of three feet, six feet, nine feet, quartering the hole. You know, so like if you imagine a clock, like there's there's a station um, at twelve o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, and nine o'clock, um, and then just putting to the hole. And so like you you make the three footers, you go around in a circle, make the three footers first, and then you go outside and make the six footers and go around in those four stations. And then once you make those all consecutively, then you go and make the nine footers. So you've made 12 putts in a row. And uh, if you miss, you need to start over from three feet. And so like, you're always, usually you're always making four, three footers in a row. And then you're taking a break and stimulating your brain with uh, some different variation. So not only are you getting a different look, whether it's uphill, downhill, breaking left, breaking right, straight, whatever. Um, you're just getting a different look at the hole as well as um, once you make four in a row, you go back to six feet and you have a different look again. So that's uh, that's what I am more likely to do than hit 103 footers in a row, whether it's in a circle or just at one station. I've never been one to just sit at sit at one spot and just try to knock in like twenty five five footers in a row because I'll tell you right now that's so easy. Like you need to move around in order to make it difficult, um, and that's the difference between like in this case being a good putter and a great putter. You know, like I'll, no, I'll tell you right now, like the more efficient putter will be the one that can make twenty five five footers around the hole more so than sitting there and doing one and one I, spot and hitting five, <clears throat> five footers and making them. I agree. I'm just, um, I think just seeing the ball go in the hole from, <clears throat> from three feet, like, again, I do it 30 times. I think anything more than that's like a little overkill, but unless you're really struggling, then, you know, do you, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I think that just seeing the ball going in the hole gets that confidence up, you know, it's, um, I think that's why people do that, but God, I was going to say something I forgot again. Oh, when I'm in, when I'm in tournaments and I'm over a three footer that, or not, not three feet, but like, let's say a five footer. And I know that I practice this, but I know that I made 20 of these in a row. 
on the on the practice screen, that eases my mind so much because I'm like, oh, I got this. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think doing those like execution drills are are so important just just for your confidence. Totally. I mean, there were there was a time, and I'm sure I might come back to this again, where I was playing and. It was actually my sophomore year of college, I recall vividly, like around this time, um, that I relied on that repetition to assure me that, hey, like you've done the work, like you've done this, like you've done this so many times. And it just kind of calmed me down to make the putt, the whatever putt or shot I was hitting, putting in this case, because we're talking about putting. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's like what Kobe used to say. He never... He never tried or he never shot a shot that he didn't practice or he never did anything in the game that he didn't practice. So if you're going if you're going to play a tournament and you didn't work on your five footers, like what like where where is that confidence coming from? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So So yeah, I mean, it's I, again, like my, my best tournaments are obviously when I putt well, because that's how you score. And if you're making if, if you feel like it's easy to make anything inside six feet, like if six feet looks like three feet, you're going to play well. Because there's some times where six feet feels like 12 feet, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know you know yeah. the feeling. Yeah, I know what you, you know, mean. Cap, Cap thinks that uh, three feet looks like 20 feet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I know he's not even here to defend himself, but he would agree. He, uh, yeah, he may. We'll see. We'll see what his defense is when he comes back on air. If he, if he recalls, we need it. We need to get him back on. He was, he was too good. Yeah, agreed. But we need something in the golf world to happen, though, and we need a, a passionate, a passionate response from him. But um, how much time have we done? Okay. Um, anything else on putting that you want to talk about? Not that we haven't discussed. I mean, we can go deeper into a putting talk later, but I mean, I could talk putting oh. for hours, man. Yeah, I do have one more thing to say. So I was uh, practicing the other day, and at the course I practiced at, there's around one to three. There's a million junior players that come. And all their, most of their parents come as well and watch them, which, because because when I was in school or when I was a junior, I would sneak out of my house to go practice and, you know, sneak out in the golf course or, anyway, just all these parents are there watching their kids practice and, you know, I'm doing my stuff in the putting green. One of the, one of the parents there, like, kind of made a comment about my setup with putting and if you've seen my stuff on like Instagram, I kind of crouch down a little bit just because I, I like to feel closer to the ball when I'm putting. Like I, I'm, I'm tall. So like if I stand up straight, like someone like Rory or like, you know, stand up straighter, I feel like I'm so far away from the ball and I feel so dis- disconnected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of crouch down a little bit more. <clears throat> I feel like I get better, better contact, better feel. Anyway, he made a comment saying, like, he heard a coach say that setup is, like, very important in 
in uh, putting and it could literally change your stroke if you have a perfect setup. And my question to him was, what's a perfect setup? And he couldn't give me an answer because everyone's so different. There's not one way to do anything. And if the ball, if you're hitting it off the center and your stroke isn't horrible, you're probably a decent putter. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, so, and once again, it's like it's like writing with a pen or pencil. Like everyone grips it differently. Like everyone's gonna like write with a pencil like a different way. So exactly. And if there was a if there was one way of putting, every everyone would do it. Like I I think honestly, if if I could, I think crosshand is probably the most reliable. But I I can't do it. I literally can't do crosshand. I've tried a million times. But I think that's like the most stable and best way to putt. But I don't do it just because it doesn't doesn't feel right for me. But I've heard cross handed before as well too. And you know what? It uh, it's up there. I'm I'm not. That's not my preferred method. But I, like we said, different strokes for different folks. Exactly. Exactly. So. If someone tells you that there's one way to to do something, especially in golf, just just walk away. <laughs> because right. there's the amount of great golfers I've played with with either horrific golf swings or perfect golf swings. There's more there's more better players with a not as good looking swing as someone who I've seen with a picture perfect swing. Yes, one hundred percent. I just want to say that, and I'm going to say that a lot because that needs to be said. And especially people on Instagram who think like, if you don't have a perfect golf swing, you're not any good. I mean, it's just not even the case. So, anyway, all right. The next thing I want to talk about is Zaire Golf posted this picture, I think a week ago, and. I'm trying to pull it up here, but it was basically a picture of the range after someone hit like a thousand golf balls. Okay, it, it's <clears throat> I'm gonna send it to you really quick. Uh, it says this is what 1,200 shots look like, and it's on the range. Which is, first of all, that guy was probably there for two days because I hit 200 golf balls yesterday and it took me three hours. And when people tell me they balls a day or a thousand balls a day it's the biggest bullshit of all time oh my god so i want to so i was looking in the comments in this because you know like the there's a bunch of signs at some driving ranges and there's like ways to hit your like to line your divots up mm-hmm. which i understand um i don't hit with lines because I hit random shots and I pick different targets and I'm more of a patch kind of person. I know that's kind of frowned upon, but my thing is there's a lot of unwritten rules in golf. And I think this is one of them and I definitely break it. But also if you care, my, like my first thought was if you care about someone doing this to the driving range, I guarantee you that person who cares so much about this doesn't either fix their ball marks, drives their golf cart like all over the fairway in the rough, um, doesn't fix divots on the on the uh, golf course. I know a lot of people who follow every single rule, but 
what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, most most everyone is oblivious to something, whether it's divot patterns, how like you make your divots, where you park and drive your carts. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a bunch of there's a bunch of etiquette and rules in golf, just like there is in life. Um, just like there's unwritten like rules and social cues in life, you know. So, I mean, to me personally, I'm a patch guy myself. I like making a one row or two of three or one. Usually I take six shots in like a, in a divot pattern, divot patch, and then I move on. Um, I'm not a big fan of the line anymore. I used to do that. I fell into the habit of doing it and I broke that habit and I'm so glad I did. Um, I used to do something like this a lot too, but I realize, and like, it's pretty obvious, like that grass is not going to grow there for the rest of the year. Like, <laughs> that spot is not going to be able to be used for a year. And like, that's why golf courses don't want you to do something like what this 1200 shot divot pattern looks like. Like I'm looking at it right now, people. And it's like four feet by five feet. So twenty yeah, square it's feet on, just out of the out of the earth of like no grass. See, that's the thing though. It's this could be one person, but it could also be five different people, and they're just building it. And if I mean driving ranges out in LA, dude, they get so beat up. And like my my course doesn't have uh, like that much grass to <clears throat> has a very small tee teeing area for the driving range but then there's also mats in the back and you know they kind of try to go back and forth but the amount of members the amount of people hit balls especially juniors it's it's insane so i remember when they put these these signs up of the of the lines at heritage like fucking 15 years ago which blows my mind but i just all i could think of was like so am i supposed to hit the same shot every time yeah you know and same target because if you're if you're swinging like a seven iron it's literally it kind of goes against what practice is so i'm a big practicer on the range i'd rather practice and play i've said that a million times but uh like so i i hit shots like i i hit hit fades i hit huge fades i hit huge hooks i hit draws like you know everything and I'm not putting the ball like right behind the old divot that's pointed dead left after I try to hit a big fade because it, it's not going to be a straight line. And then, and plus, like the 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 space in the driving range is not that big either. So I'm just leaving so much grass that I could use. Does that make sense? So I don't know. It's it's kind of diff- this is a difficult one, and I and I commented on it because there's a lot of I, I think I said like a lot of range police here. And of course, Andrew Stevens hits me like kind of what you said. He was like, that spot's not going to be used for the rest of the year. But if that's six different people, like what, what are you supposed to do? Like if every spot's taken and that's the only one open. Well, I, just... I will say, I don't think that that usually is accumulated. I feel like usually people try to find good spots of grass and don't really like go far outside the boundary line or close to the boundary line of that. 
um, that there is occurrences where that would happen. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to see everything in golf, just like you'll see everything in life too. Um, Here, here's my thing. And it's kind of tough because I'm, I'm a very considerate person. Like I'll do things just to make sure I'm not in the way of someone else. And I've kind of gotten to the point where, especially pra- like with practice, it's like I'm just going to do my thing because I know this person next to me doesn't give a fuck about me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I've kind of like the I don't give a fuck attitude. So I'm just – that's kind of how I feel. I've been kind of tr- – I mean, especially like junior golf, <clears throat> we get treated like we're like second-class citizens on the course and like on the practice facilities. So – it's just more of like me being fed up, like whatever. I don't care if someone doesn't like what I'm doing right here. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of hypocritical, hypocritical things in golf. And I saw this post and I was just like, Oh God. <laughs> so any more thoughts on that? Um, no, I've said all I needed to say on it. I'm a patch guy. Scatter's yeah. not actually not that bad either, but like I just can't do it. Yeah, I don't mind scatter, just because as long as you're not hitting in like the if you're not scattering in the middle of the spot, and it's more towards the right or the left. If you're a righty or lefty, um, yeah, I feel you. I'm I'm a patch guy as well. That's a pretty good looking patch too. Not gonna lie, you <laughs> know it's giant. <laughs> Yeah, it's about, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 times as big as I'd make it, bigger than I'd make it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's maybe first 30 of all, times. 12, 1,200 golf balls should be the amount of golf balls you hit a week. And that's still a lot. That's a shit yeah. ton. Maybe, I mean, he went, maybe he went to that spot time after time. I don't know. Look, I don't know. I I can't even imagine how his hands felt after that. But like again, yesterday I I got a jumbo bucket, thinking I'm gonna, you know, spend like two hours on the range, and I could I was just, I was looking at it. I was halfway through. I'm like, I don't know what else I need to work on, but I paid for this, so I need to like <laughs> hit all of them, you know. And so mm-hmm. I just had like a shit ton of wedges, and I don't know. You just don't need to hit that many balls unless like. That's all you're doing that day, and you're working on a lot of shit in your swing. Yeah. But uh, we can do this last one since we have time. What do you have, like 10 more minutes? Yeah, I got like five, 10 minutes. Okay, so. What do you got? I kind of teased this last episode. This is, this probably wouldn't take long to talk about, but is Tiger's career a disappointment? No. Can I tell you why there's an argument? Sure. I don't think uh <laughs> I don't think you're gonna convince me, but yeah, let's see what you got. Okay, so I'm not saying it's a disappointment in the grand scheme of things, because obviously he's the greatest of all time and his resume is insane. I'm saying it's a disappointment because of all the different injuries, of all the time off he's taken, and, like, what could have been. Like, if he didn't have a million surgeries and if 
he didn't go through that scandal, which made him look so bad, even though it's not that big of a deal. Like you hear, you, you heard about that Chris Paul thing, right? No. What happened? So Kanye, Kanye West like tweeted something. It was like, it was like, I'm done for the day, but I'll leave you all with this. Like I found this, this man in, in bed with my wife and it was a picture of Chris Paul. And so apparently yeah. Chris Paul, Kim cheated on Kanye with Chris Paul and Chris Paul is married and whatever. So, so I'm saying if this happened in 2008, the guy's career is over. But if that didn't happen, I think Tiger could have had 20-plus majors and over 100 wins. That's why I'm saying it's a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been a god, but, like, he sparked something. He sparked something that, like – or he, like – created a ripple across all of golf that like what you see now you see like so many like versions of tiger woods coming up and they may not be able to shine as bright as they used to but there's so many people working as hard as tiger did back when he wasn't as prime back when he was back in 2000 when he was winning every tournament he played in almost every tournament he played in so um yeah, to me, I don't think it's a disappointment at all. Like he created such a, um, he 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 is the reason where golf is where it is now. Because he took the baton. He didn't take the baton. Like he ripped it out of whoever had it in their hands at the time, which was really nobody. Maybe Greg Norman was like the face of golf, and he just ran with it. And he's been the face of golf somehow some way ever since then whether or not like someone's had the stage like tiger's always had like his hand like on the baton this like imaginary baton i keep metaphorical baton i keep mentioning you know like his he's he still has his hands on it i mean he put up one post last year and he won player um whatever the uh, our favorite uh, award yeah the pip yeah our favorite award pr pip pimp 50 cent (laughs) yeah no i just i was thinking about it and i was just like damn like what could have been yeah what could have been but what was too no i agree what is now you know i mean yeah like you it's kind of like i don't know you you look you're not going to see the same tiger you used to but I mean, doesn't mean you still can't see glimpses of it. Like a quick flash did you, in the pan. Did you watch any of that match thing? No. Honestly, I didn't even know what was going on. It's kind of crazy that I don't know. I used to be like so into, <clears throat> so into Tiger, and so into you know, all things Tiger. But now it's just like. I saw him walking around, dude. I didn't watch any of it. I've just seen clips on Instagram, but it does. It just is like kind of sad. Like the guy is not going to be able to walk when he's 60 years old, which is insane because he literally plays a sport where there's no contact. And there's guys like Frank Gore after he retires, is trying to box people now. Yeah. And Tiger right. can't even, he can't even walk and, or swing a golf club. He, 
think he said he was like, I think I'm going to play like two to maybe all the majors, and that's it. Just because he won't be able to take a week of like grinding, you know. And it's kind of like what we talked about before. Like, if you're not playing in a bunch of tournaments, then you're not getting those reps, and you're probably not going to compete. So I think I'm not going to say it because I won't say it until he's done. But I, this is probably the closest he's been. He's been done, done, ever. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> I love how optimistic you are. <laughs> it brings me hope. But Just never say die, you know. It's kind of like Tom die. Brady. Like I don't want to, I don't want to say he's done until he's done. You know. Yeah. I yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else, or? No, that's all I got for the day. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. <laughs> All right, this one was short because Dave has a grown up job to get to, but uh, we will have one next week and obviously the week after, but in the next week, in the next week, in the next yeah. week, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, um, Again, please rate and review. DM us. We'll send you a shirt. It doesn't take long. Um, helps us out. Like, honestly, the, the best thing that can help us out is either, like, liking a post or rating this podcast. So, also, if you want us to talk about anything specific, just hit me up or hit, hit the podcast page up. And uh, we could probably get to it. So, Yes, let us know, and we will talk about it. Exactly. All right, Dave. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Mike. Enjoy your day, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, Appreciate shit. y'all. We got to do it again, dude. Let the lens cap on.